Melissa and writing Rootless Destinations here, coming to you about Global Ghost Time. Yeah. So the first one for this year is April 25th to May 5th, so that is four days with multiple teams each day. Sign up your team. Please. Yes. You want us to see your investigation. You want us to see your location. Yes. Yeah. Stick with us. That's what we're here for. We're here to talk about the team, share the locations, to enjoy paranormal investigating. We are very excited to be the brand ambassadors for Global Ghost Hunt. We're also very excited to do this. This will be our third time. So we're really excited about doing this again. We're excited to see old teams come back. Yes. We're excited for the new teams who are signing up. There are two packages. You guys got to check out which one's good for you. Get your team. Get your location. Sign up. What's the name of the previous Global Ghost Hunt if you're not already familiar with that? Well, if you want to check out the previous year's um, investigation, you just go to um, Global Ghost on YouTube, on Facebook. If you want to check out everything that you know about Global Ghost Hunt and learn more information uh, before signing up, go to globalghosthunt.com. Yes. You can message us on Facebook if you have any questions, and the whole admin team is here to help you. We are really excited about this year. I'm excited to see you guys sign up. So, Steph, what are you waiting for? For sign up. Yeah, do that. I mean, we're putting our lives in here in the van train. Floor falling down in them. Do it, guys. Thank you guys so much for your support, for your love, for us, for Global Game yes. Pod. We all thank you and uh, look forward to love. Thank you. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? AJ Capasso here, host of Talking with the Source. I'm here with my good friend and best friend and brother, Jonathan Keyworth of JK47 Paranormal Investigations. How have you been, my friend? Been good, dude. Uh, you know, just working on the cases and stuff. Uh, actually, just talked uh, with uh, it's a Discovery Channel. Uh, I think it's Arrow Media is, is their production company, but they're in the UK and they, they've done a lot of uh, crime documentaries and it was cool to talk to them. You know, they were they were interested uh, about a case I worked with the Jameson family. So I was talking to them, telling them what I saw and to check my stuff out. So we'll see where it goes, dude. That is awesome, man. Um, one thing I want to do before uh, I bring up forward our guest is I want to talk about last week real quick and what happened. Um, so for everyone that knows, last week I was not myself. I got off of the stream um, and I literally, I went to the hospital. I did not waste any time. Um, I ended up having uh, my medication built up in my system a little too much, I guess. I don't know. I take a certain medicine that, you know, does that, I guess, which my doctor put me on a too high of a dose, which didn't know, yeah, but I didn't guess look well, dude. 
Dude, I was, dude, I tell you what, man, you know, what's funny is that after I signed off this, I didn't remember signing off. So when I came back, actually the house, the computer, everything was still set up and the live stream was still set up. Everyone was gone, obviously, but the live stream was still set up and I didn't remember even signing off the thing. And I'm glad that I did, because I tell you, man, like the level that it was at, the doctor was like, dude, like if we didn't get you down, like you could have died. Like there was no, like uh, if you didn't come to the hospital, you would have been screwed. So I was happy that that happened, but um, I was happy that everything was okay. But real quick, I want to bring forward. You look a lot better you, yeah, now, dude. Right? Dude, I'm telling you, man, I feel a lot better, dude. I, I tell you what, for a couple of days though, you know, even my friend, she was like, yo, she's like, you're so tired. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like days after it, it was like bad. It affected me for a couple of days. But, um, dude, I tell you what, I tell you what, Nicole, I honestly, I wish I could be, but those days are far, far beyond me. I wish I could be though. Tell, let me tell you, um, especially with all the stress that's going on. But, um, anyway, on a better note, we have an amazing guest today, actually guests today, because we have a special thing, a special treat where we have every single one of the Ables with us right now. And they're going to discuss the Enfield Demon House with us. They also have paperwork from some very renowned people that they're going to share with us what the evidence that they got without having any background, any knowledge of this place. And they wanted to go in and see what they got. And they gave him a report and he has given us a treat to share some of this information. So I'm going to bring them forward. Um, let me bring forward Jay, Elka, and Mackenzie. Hey guys, what's up? That's good to be on. Hey, how's it going? Welcome. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, what's up? So tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you end up bought and buying this crazy house, man. Like what were you doing before it? Just tell us a little bit about the beginning. All right. So I guess a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the, well, what happened was we were looking for a house. Uh, we started looking at four houses in 2004 and, um, we, we noticed that the real estate market was going sky high. Houses that were like 50,000 are now going for 100, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars So we, 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 we were getting turned off by the market. So where I was working, I was, I was running a high-rise building in downtown Springfield. And um, one of my jobs, I had to interface between everybody. And, I, and my job was to keep everybody happy, you know, uh, and... Uh, so as I was talking with a manager who was running a building and I just said, hey, I said, man, I said, I, I can't afford a house. I said, no, as much money as we're looking at, I said, they're going higher. So she said, talk to my husband. He's liquidating a bunch of property. He wants to start up a car dealership. He wants to compete against the big families in Springfield. Talk to him. So at the time, Elko was uh, she, she was pregnant with the twins. And um, Elka wanted to have her own house. She wanted to help make a nest so she can bring the babies in, have a place that they can grow up because she was from Frankfurt, Germany. So we looked at the house. The house was in, dis it was in disarray. It needed a lot of work. It was run down. But uh, John gave us the keys. He goes, here's the keys, guys. Come back. You know, check it out as many times as you want. So we came back two or three times. And I'm like, Oh my God. So on the second time, John met us here, make a long story short. He met us here and said, he sweetened the deal. He said, look at guys. He goes, I know the place looks run down. It's, it's awful shape, but he goes, here's the thing. I put all the big ticket items in. I put brand new roofs, brand new electrical service, brand new windows, brand new boilers. He goes, all the, all the big ticket items are done. Jay, he goes, you work in construction. You do, you're a, 
a jack of all trades. He goes, you can just make a phone call and this place would be like a dream home. So I was like, I don't know. So Elka's like, we don't have another home. So any, I'm going story short, we end up buying it. But on the third time we, we came to look at it, we met in two separate vehicles. And now you can say this was the first paranormal attack we ever had. And nobody realized it because we, we didn't believe in a paranormal at the time. Yeah. It was on the third time we came, I, I, I met her. I drove right from work. She, she met here and she turned around and this is how paranormal happens, which you guys know. It's not when you, not when you get a direct camera focus on it, not like you got a Dorian slight on it. It happens when you turn your back. As mm-hmm. soon as I said, I, I'll meet you. And she said, Oh, darn it. I got to check the door, make sure the door's locked because I don't want to leave John's house unlocked. So she goes back to check the door. I go out to my vehicle and I hear this God awful scream, Jay, help me. And I look and her arms go flying behind her back. And now with my training, I realize, you know what? Somebody pushed her because when you fall, I, I can trip you all day long. Your hand's going to go forward. That's a natural defense mechanism. But when somebody comes from behind you, you're going to get taken by surprise and your arms are going to be behind your back. Well, that's what happened. She started stumbling down the stairs and I'm running over to her, but I got one eye scanning the house looking for like any type of like intruder and I'm trying to reach to her to save her and the babies. And at that same time, it was like a guardian angel came and appeared and she rolled on her shoulder and that's what saved herself and the babies. Wow. And I, we rushed to the hospital and the babies were safe and sound. And the rest is history. I'll let Elka talk about what happened after that. It, it was that was the first thing. If we look back, we should that was a warning sign not to buy the house. But we we weren't looking for paranormal. Well, we didn't, I like, never wanted it. the house. Yeah, you, you hated you, it. You missed it. You missed that point. <laughs> well, hold on. I want to ask one question because one of our viewers did say this, and I didn't actually mention this in the beginning, and I should have. A lot of people get Enfield Demon House kind of mixed up with the UK version of what happened, you know, in Enfield. So yes. um, I want to make this very clear. This is Enfield, Connecticut, in U- the USA, exactly where I live on, in Connecticut. Um, and uh, this is an amazing place. But I wanted to let our viewer, Stevie Lynn, know because she asked Connecticut or UK. So I wanted to make that clear. I forgot to say that in the beginning. But please, Elka, finish what you're saying. So you didn't want this house is what you're about to say. Oh, no. no. I the first time the house, and I'm kind of like, that gives me the creepy. I don't like it. And he said, well, we need a place to live, you know, and I can make this all nice and happy. Well, well, now 17 years later and <laughs> he's, still, <laughs> he's still working on the house. It's like the Winchester house. And never, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He talked me into it. So, well, yeah. So we talked. Yeah. So we got in and again. Like I said, things kept going bad. I had I had like 20 guys set up to help us move in. And you know how us guys are. We're well, supermen. We should have thought too. Uh, by the day where we had to sign the papers. Um oh, that's to hand gonna back up over, yeah, <laughs> hand over the keys. Um the the broker or the banker, I don't know who he actually the lawyer said, Well, you have to um pay upfront one year of out insurance. So I'm kinda like, Yes. I'm kinda like, I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I don't have it. And of course, John, who wanted to get really bad rid of the house, said, I don't have a problem. I'm gonna pay you that one year ahead. He paid for one year house insurance. Boom, twelve hundred bucks right on the table. He goes, "This is my house warming." Wow. And I'm like, "Yeah, there's something yeah. off." 
There's so, something uh, off here. Yeah. Up and the people I deal with, you know, in those days when somebody throws up money like this, you know, there's a catch. There's something. Yeah. There's something. On Always. The yeah. And the way out, he says to his lawyer, I looked at him and said, great job, Jay. He said to him, well, I'm so happy I got rid of this house. Yeah, his last words as they're walking down the hallway, he looked at he looked at his attorney. Goes, thank God, I got rid of the house. And I was like, what? And we didn't know. I'm thinking, well, maybe there's something we don't know that it's going to cause us a lot of financial hardships and something yeah. got broken. But I'm scanning fast. I'm like, well, you got a new boiler, new electrical, everything's all set. What besides sheetrock, painting, some construction? What can be that bad that you thank God that you got rid of that house? Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that. So, so you you got the sale. You're ready to move in. Everything's looking good. You're happy. When did it start? How, like, how how quickly did you know that there was something amiss? It took us well a lot. Like I said, there, there was like the it, it was like almost like the Indian beating the the wardrobes. Um, like I said, we had like 20 people ready to help us move. I had a big truck. I had people from all walks of life ready to help us. I had everything set up on my mind. I was going to pack each room. So when we unloaded it, in my theory, I was going to be all set. So what happened was that day we were supposed to move, we had torrential rains and we couldn't move. It rained so bad. I got phone calls saying, Jay, you're crazy, but we can't move. They said, there's no way someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to fall. So I said, okay we're going to postpone it. So then when I do decide to move, my uncle died. Like my father's oh, brother died. And I'm sorry for that. I, sorry. It was all. And I, and I, I was too pumped up with the house to think about it because we had to move from, I was living, I, I, I was renting a house off my dad. So I, I couldn't, I had to leave. So I couldn't go to my, my uncle's funeral. And, it, it, and then um, everything started going wrong. People, were on duty. Some, some were cops. They're like, Hey, sorry, we, we got to work a shift. We can't come in. This guy was like, okay. So now we end up with a, with a small amount of people. So I get thrown into a basement and they're just throwing boxes at me. So we had kitchen stuff. We still cannot find a box of milk and cheese and dairy <laughs> products that went missing 20 years ago, almost. So oh, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> everything got screwed up. So we got through that. Everything was all set. Um, but prior to that, there was other things like we were like before Elko came in, I had a pile, I had a sand and polyurethane the floors. And now on our side, my brother was an ex-Marine. He was for eight years and some of my background and things like that. So as I'm standing the floor, I said, Cliff, and it's like, what? I said, look at the floor. He goes, don't say it. I said, it looks like somebody bled out. I said, it looked like somebody got shot and bled out on the floor. And there was a perfect outline of a human figure that looked like they were lying there for some quite a time and he says don't don't go there because i know it looks exactly like what we saw so um we tried sanding it out over and over with sanders would not come out so we we had a polyurethane got it sealed uh and triple coat it and then little things would happen we'd have radios that would be turning on and the volumes would change and my friend al um He's like, ah, he goes, don't, don't pay any mind to it. He goes, it's an old house. So we got it basically ready to live. And we, and in my mind, I said, you know what? It's an old house, 7071. That's what it says on the title. It's old house. It's going to creak. The wind's going to blow. It's still standing. We're all right. So we move in. Okay. And um, 
Finally, eventually, I'll, I'll let Elka yeah, tell we, the story. Yeah, we moved in in November. We bought the house in September. So, yeah, we moved in in November. And yeah, we got beginning we were, of November. We moved in, and uh, I don't know. We all I got actually taken out of my job because I I uh, uh, had complications, so I had to be bedridden. So I was home first, and uh, uh, weird stuff happened. So, but I didn't say anything because. Uh, I mean, I told him that there's a black dog walking through the hallway, and he said, what? So he was kind of like more thinking, I'm like, I hallucinating, and I'm kind of like, okay, so after that, I didn't no. say anything anymore. <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay. So, yeah, no. But um, so weird stuff happened. The dogs were going off, and there was nobody there, and uh, he was still working, and the baby came, the babies came earlier. They came in December, and uh in January, we actually, we, the kids had to stay four weeks in, in uh, NICU. And so when we were visiting and he said, let's go out for breakfast. And that's where we're sitting at the table. And he said, you know what? I don't know. I, I have to talk about it. And I'm kind of like, well, what? And he said, well, I don't know. I was home. You were home. Uh, you were in the hospital for quite a while. And I was home alone. And I understand now what you're saying, that weird stuff is happening. Mm. And I don't know if there's something there. Because, I mean, we're going back 17 years. So at this point. Now it's by 2007. So a lot of people didn't yes, really talk. Nice. I mean, taps came out. We watched the show and kind of like, oh, that's nice. But never paid any attention that really something exists like that yeah we kind of like okay so where are we going to go for that so he said okay something is wrong how about we're going to get a priest in and get the house blessed because there were no paranormal groups so telephone book and say okay let's 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 call them and and let's take care of it so Okay, so, um, yeah, that's what is actually our next step. We called in a priest to get the house blessed. And that's where things went really wrong because we started talking about how things were happening. Now, the, the very first paranormal thing I had happen was when Elka, when the babies were first born. When you asked me what, what happened. Well, I came home. As soon as I came home, the house felt like it was energized. It felt like the it felt like somebody just plugged us into a live socket. I know that's that weird. Like that how that energy just shifts. It like going into these locations that, that me and AJ go to, you, you just feel it and it's so yeah. weird. Yeah. It's alive. So I walked in, the dogs are all nervous, and it takes a lot to scare me. People know me. They, you, know, they, you know, I've always been fearless. And I I will I would I used to be the type of guy who would walk down the streets at nighttime in Holyoke Mass, right, by myself. And nobody would bother me. That's that's so it takes a lot to scare me. So I walked into house felt energized. The dogs are bouncing off the walls. Now, first time in my life, I'm scared. I turn on all the lights that we had in the house. I go upstairs and the dogs are bouncing off the wall. I'm like, what is going on here? So I, I'm saying to myself, you know what? It's separation anxiety. My wife just had babies. I'm excited. I can't sleep. First time I've been alone in years. That's what it is, separation anxiety. So I turn on one of those DIY networks. I'm laying in bed. Where my where my bed is facing, I'm looking where the old staircase was going up to the attic. So around 3.15, 3 in the morning, I see this beam of light shooting on the stairs. So I'm thinking a car's going by somehow, and it's reflecting the light. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. 10 minutes later, same thing. Another one goes down. 
So yeah. I get up, I go to my staircase. I said, Hey, listen, if anybody's up there, you got to leave the same way you came in. I bought this house. It's not vacant no more. You got to leave. Don't make me come up the stairs. And I'm mm-hmm. laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, oh, God, I'm talking to myself. So as soon as I, came, <laughs> yeah. I didn't sleep. I ran to the hospital to see my newborn babies and my wife. And I didn't tell her about that. But it was in my mind later on because thank God I didn't go up because I probably would have ran out of the house and whenever I came back. Mm-hmm. She set me up. When she came home, she sent me up to the attic to go see if we can find something. And while I'm up there, you know how your mind is. You start thinking, where did the lights come from? I'm thinking yeah. myself, well, a car's coming like this. But then I looked. Both the windows were, they had cardboard boxes. There's no way any outside light or anything could come and reflect through. That's the word I want to use, like reflection, you know? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. So, I said, so now I'm thinking, okay, this is really weird. So after we made that connection, there, there's something here. I said, well, you know, like the, like the movies, you call in a priest. He yep. comes up, blesses it, chases away the things. That's not how it works in real life. <laughs> I called, up, called up the first priest, and I said, I asked him to come over to do a house blessing, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's walking over from one of the local churches, and I meet him on the road. And I said, hey, Father, I said, you know what? Uh, there might be something in the house. He stops. He's like, what? A squirrel, a chipmunk, a bird? I said, well, my wife thinks, you know, there's something in the house. And I blame it on my wife. So if anybody goes crazy, it's not. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. My wife thinks. Oh, that's messed up. And he's like, messed up. My toes broken this morning. You guys yeah. see. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. You're done now, Joe. That's it. So all of a sudden. I said, you know, she thinks, he goes, well, what? Spit it out. I'm like, no, Father, right? A ghost. He goes, a ghost? He goes, listen, there's no such thing as ghosts or demons. He goes, I'll prove it. So he says, he comes in the house, he meets Elka. He has this big thing of holy water, right? And he's got smoke and he's, oh, but I'm not, I'm not. And he's going around and he says, see, nothing here, Jay. He goes up to the, uh, everywhere on our side of the house. So, but Father, you got to go next door. And he goes, you know, that's right, it's a duplex. So, he comes next door and I had table saw set up. He goes, oh, I love the smell of fresh construction. So he goes and he goes down and he blesses everything and he goes up the stairs and he said, CJ, nothing's wrong. I told you it's all made up. I said, but father, you got to go up to the attic. Now, at the time, the attics were sealed off and the basement sealed off on this side um, because we, we live next door. So what happened is he goes, opens up the attic door. Now, here's the weird part. I don't tell people on the attic door. They had a deadbolt. They had a latch, everything. They had a whole series of locks, like you're keeping out the boogeyman. Like, you know, like this is like New York City and you've got to right. But this is yeah. this is going up to the attic. So what are they trying to keep out? So yeah. he opens the door. He takes three steps up. Boom, boom. And he freezes. <laughs> like he starts throwing holy water and he yells behind me. He backs down and he takes one more step up. Now he's staring up the stairs. Here's a guy that says it's all Hollywood. There's no such thing. He's staring right. up the stairs. He backs down. He never turns once. He never turns his back on a staircase. He comes out. He backs out. He slams the door and he's like, boom, 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 boom. He locks it. Then he looks at me. He runs. I mean, here's a priest. He runs <laughs> out of the master bedroom, down the hallway. I'm like, holy Christ, this old guy can run. So I'm trying to chase <laughs> behind him, right? And he's running. He gets one foot outside the house, one foot inside. He, he looks at me, he goes, his face is like all sweaty. And like, he just saw the devil himself. He said, ignore it, it will go away. 
boom, he was gone. I know. Ignore it. (laughs) Ignore it and it will go away. That was the best advice that the priest could have gave you. I tell you, man, that's shocking. That is really shocking, you know, because people would totally think that it would be totally the opposite. But I'm so happy that you said this because this is real life. This is what really happens, you know. Are ter- real a lot of priests are, are afraid. I had another priest, yeah. I'll, I'll get up. A, a priest one time I went over to him because after my brother died, that's a whole other story. I go over to see the guy and he said, I'll come in my office, sit down, we're talking. All of a sudden he jumps up, he goes, You're that guy. I'm like, uh-oh, right? I was like, the, the, the sins of your past are catching up. I'm thinking to myself, what happened? Maybe he was he knew me from 20 years ago and I was a crazy guy, right? So he's like, You're the guy. He he looks at his desk, he goes, you're the guy from the newspapers. He said, Jay, he says, don't ever ask me to come out to your house for a blessing for anything. He says, I'm scared of this shit. All right. He didn't yeah. say shit. He said, I'm scared of this. He goes, no, you're good. he says, let, let me tell you a story. He goes, a couple of years ago, he goes, I got called to a house. He goes by a man and he asked me to come in the house. He goes, it was a middle of summertime, no air conditioning, no nothing. He said the house was empty. He said, he wanted me to do a house blessing. He goes, I'm walking down the hallway. I'm going through my rituals. And Jay, something ice cold went right through me, went right through my soul. And out. He said, I turned around and I asked him, I said, he said, what happened here? He goes, my wife was murdered by somebody. And he goes, I want to get rid of the B-I-T-C-H out of here. And he's like, what? And so the guy thought his wife spirit was in the house so he wanted to get rid of her once for and for all i guess they didn't have a great marriage right i so guess gonna, right yeah and he's gonna get rid of her for once and for all for whatever reason maybe she knew too much right i don't know right yeah 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 so he's like stabbing him in his sleep <laughs> so he's like don't ever call me your house he goes please he goes i know your wife i know your kids but i i don't want to come out to your house and he goes if you call me i have to respond he goes i'm a priest I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I got some dirt on you, Father. No. But anyhow, yeah. you know, and that was it. So that was the early days, and then it ramped up. And like Elka said, with the black dogs, toys, I'll let her go ahead. Elka, talk about the about that first Easter when that scratching at the door and things. Yeah, we actually went out with friends for a brunch, and when we came home, um, we were getting the kids ready for bed, and, and all of a sudden all – kind of like everything, the energy kind of, the kids started screaming yeah. without reason and the dogs went wild and toys were going off where was no reason for it either. And yeah. I said, hey, no, wait, wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry not to stop y'all. I just have one question. Now this was happening in your place, not in the place that was whatever where it actually was, right? This was happening where you guys stay now, correct? Like in the other part of the duplex. So you were experiencing stuff in your own home and yes. it's coming from this area. So it's not bound in that area, technically. Oh, it's bound no, by the whole house. It okay. was built as a single family house. So they yep. supposed to be built somewhere in the 1860s to accommodate okay. uh, one of the guys that lived there for his daughter that came from Scotland. So we think they, they, they had a lot of money. They did a massive renovation and they split the house right in half. So that's. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And whatever is. I mean, whatever was in the past here, whatever is still is left, they don't see it as like kind of like they're going. I mean, I don't have that ability, but uh, the, uh, my girls have, they're seeing, they see stuff. 
So they always tell me they're gonna go right through. They don't have about they, they don't see they don't see a wall. Yeah, For them that's no one one house. They're going back mm -hmm. with and I'm pretty sure kinda like because the side if nobody's here, um go over I, here. I'm pretty sure they'd be here because it's nice and quiet instead of having a full house with, with well, teenagers I mean, and dogs and I mean I notice that sometimes I mean when I work over here alone making t shirts and everything, I remember I was upstairs and the activity was so much. I think it was their time. So I decided, you know, to wrap up early. Yeah, I think they sure. let you sometimes know too, hey, it's time now, please. Yeah, to go Please over. go on your side now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, you like know what? Your I, neighbor. Go, go to your side. Well, it's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say that because I actually had to do that in my home. I had to actually tell the spirits at one point because I was doing a lot of communication in the home. And they would actually like make the bed shake and like that would be like my sign like oh it's time to come outside and do a session in your spot where you normally do it in the garage so i got to a point where i had to let them know like listen this is my spot i'm coming in here to sleep please i'm not looking to communicate right now i will come and communicate later on at this time and they would respect it believe it or not but you know in your case it didn't seem like they respected it at all whatever this thing was i mean for me it took a while to learn actually because the adding before Jay uh, finished it in two bedrooms, this was more like our storage place where we had stuff. And always when I went up there, and I didn't get the signs, but I got the signs with scratches. I had kind of like, like so, uh, arm scratches and neck. And so, um, wait a minute, wait, before we go to because what the what it the way it is now when we talk about spirits, they're mostly human. But when we're talking what we're talking about back then, yeah, some kind of weird entity. We don't know yeah. what it was, and we're going to mm -hmm. get into that on how Lorraine Warren, we, this is the house that she refused to come out to. To the day she died, she refused to come out. She, wow. Yeah. yeah. She, she was called in by Joe Franks um, and Orlando Ferrente. They begged her to come out, and uh, I'll let Elka finish, but this is the house that changed. Yeah, we can move forward. I mean, we don't, I mean. Okay. If you want to tell the whole thing, we no, no, I don't want to tell them. But I, I, I want to leave them. So when people come in here now, <laughs> this entity we fought with a very, a very, a very ancest because it was in the early days. It was a battle for our souls. We had yeah. no idea what we were up against. It was not like things were like all happy. This thing was vicious, and oh, I imagine chewed up at least yeah, a, a dozen of, paranormal teams yeah. in the beginning. It, we went through almost a dozen priests. Yeah. We went through famous bishops. It, it, this thing had no respect for anybody. And that's kind of like, too, at the beginning, because everyone uh, saw that on TV, starting all off these paranormal groups. So all these paranormal groups got created, too. But when they came out, I mean, when they got messed with it, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're going to be in touch. And then you didn't hear anything anymore because that mm. was, yeah, okay, you found something, but none of them were really mm, experienced or what are you going to do with it? I mean, it's nice. I know that too, there's something in my house, but what are you going to do about it? And that's why we went through a lot of paranormal teams there and kind of like, oh, yeah, we be, be, be going to talk next week. And then uh, you never heard back from them again. And so that's, was... That became our journey in finding. <laughs> we kept stepping up and looking for more specialized things because one of the groups came over. They were two college police officers. There were a couple other people. 
And they came up with a whole team with sensitive everything. At the time, my sister was alive. And they split up. The guys kind of walked towards me in the dining room. And the girls went with Elka and my sister. And simultaneously, they're like, look at this. Come here. Look at this. They said, look at this. Well, when they went in the back, we had a giant banana plant that was like five feet tall. And it had a huge thing. Mm. Now, Elka, my sister, and four other girls, they watched this thing slide six to eight wow. feet. Wow. Or in from they never seen this up before. While we were in the dining room, Elka had this party light. It, it, it was like a bird cage, but it was a candle thing. And when you walk, yeah. it, like, it would move like this because of the vibrations. But they're watching this thing like this, like this, like somebody's taking. Oh and, my god! Like, and then they, within a half hour, they're like, we have enough evidence, guys. We'll be back in contact with you. <laughs> never again. So we ended up getting another team, and so finally they were chewing up teams and then started getting in their heads. We didn't realize it, it started to mess with their minds and yep. they started breaking up their teams. A, a couple of teams ended up getting a divorce. They were husband and wives, other teams would fight and they were, things would disappear. I mean, evidence would get, well, it, it, it was messing with them. And they, the same answer over again, we'll be in contact. We'll be in touch. And then finally a team says, listen, Jay Elka, we only do this for fun. We yeah. don't, this is not a real business. We have real jobs. They said, we don't, we never encountered something like before. So as we're doing that, the phone calls went out to um, a group called CPRS. Really great people. Joe yeah. Frakes, Orlando Ferrente. They came up and uh, Joe had sent Orlando in and the beginning with his team. And Joe went back and he said, he, he said, Joe, this is the real deal. He goes, we, we witnessed levitation. We got scratched. We got thrown against the walls and Joe's like, you know, and every time Joe wanted to come out, something would happen to his mom and he, he had to stop and he had to go up to Maine. So finally, when he does come out, right, you're waiting for this big climax. Nothing happened. It was dead silence. Orlando's like, God, Joe, I'm telling you, this is a really weird house. He goes, this is strange. He goes, now they, they've been a paranormal group since, 1995 and beyond that which i didn't realize is that yeah. they worked with ed and lorraine, lorraine ed and lorraine warner since the 80s yeah. i was one of their chief investigators and we didn't know anyhow ladle hands <laughs> we're looking for them for answers so now joe comes back and when joe comes back he brings in an army of people he brings in a psychic medium he brings an ordained minister. He brings a whole entire team in because now he's going to, he wants to know what's going on. So mm -hmm. in the baby's room, they had the ordained minister watching over the babies. It was a small room we did. They had a camera woman standing at the edge of the doorway. They, they figured in all their bases covered. So if anything came in, the kids were the first line of defense. They were going to protect them. Mm -hmm. So this woman, I, I don't want to mention her name because a lot of these people have went left the field since then because of what yeah, happened yeah. In the house. Yeah. Um, so what happened was Joe was downstairs. He has the psychic medium and he starts channeling. Now he starts going in to like a Scottish Irish language, pretending he's a woman. And I'm like, come on, you're talking to me. I said, <laughs> anybody who went to a drama school can pretend to be a woman or a guy. Right. Especially nowadays, anything can happen. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. All of a sudden Joe's trying to get this thing to come out. All of a sudden, the guy he mumbles something. Orlando has headphones on and says, "Hey, Joe, um, they're saying there's many of us here." 
And Joe's like, okay, whatever. He's like, and, and Joe, so then Orlando makes the, the most fatal mistake, which he regretted to this day. He got so mad at whatever the entities were telling him on the headphones. He told the entities, leave Elka and the babies alone. If you want to mess with somebody, mess with him. So he challenged his entity to take him on. And he's and after he did that, he goes, I fucked up. He goes, we don't know what this thing is. He goes, Orlando says, I hope nothing's going to happen. Joe's like, oh, my God. So as that's happening, the medium was left to go on autopilot. Now the guy, no, you, you can fake a lot of things, but this is really weird. The guy's biting his arm so bad that he's drawing blood. I said, either this wow. guy has no pain tolerance, right? Or he's on something really, he's biting. And, and they it took four guys, four big guys to come up, grab his arms, try and pull off him. So now at this point, Joe's like, do something. He goes, at the time, he, he, he goes, I'm tired of it. He goes, when I come up, nothing happens. He goes, now I'm here. He goes, what is your name? Tell me what's who you are. And he goes, you're not impressing me. And hang on. Oh, don't answer. That's Fort Lauderdale. They want timeshare. So um, <laughs> at the, and it's that time of year now. We get everybody calling us. Oh, yeah, it, me too. It's crazy. So now what happens is Joe finally says, do something. He goes, my five-year-old son can blow out a candle. He goes, he can move his hands. He goes, you're scaring all these people. He goes, but you're not impressing. He goes, as he goes to raise his hands, go do something. You hear this, wham, smash, right? And you hear this blood and scream. Joe, Orlando, someone help me, please. So I go running up there like a first responder. I want to see what's going on, right? Mm. I see this grown woman, and I'm only going to mention her weight for a reason. She was about 235 pounds. She was about five feet tall, right? Yeah. She was on the ground. Her shoulder, I'm surprised. And, and later on, I found, thank God, she hit the door frame. She got picked up by six or eight feet, picked up and thrown down the hallway. And thank God, she hit her shoulder on the door jam because if she didn't, she would have hit the wall and rolled down the stairs and she probably would have been dead. She oh, had my God. Yeah, she had this really expensive camera blown all the way across into her room. I looked at the ordained minister. He's standing on his tippy toes against the wall. His eyes are bugged out. And, <laughs> and they're like, what happened? He says, one minute, he goes, she's standing there. He goes, next minute, I see her picked up and thrown. Like somebody is, like she was a rag doll, thrown against the wall. Bam. You know, oh man, it makes me want to know what this entity was because we deal with human spirits, right? But then these things, I'm wondering if they're interdimensional or if they really are just a negative demonic type spirit that we all talk about. But in my in my opinion, I just don't see it that way for some reason because the power that you're describing doesn't describe to me as a demonic case that I've encountered. I mean, I've encountered, you know, an exorcism too that was serious, but what you're encountering is the power to pick somebody up that's that big to throw them down a hallway and then throw the camera opposite. I mean, to really impress somebody after they had just asked for it. That seems to me like something more interdimensional. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something so scary that it's like I couldn't imagine being you guys in that situation. And that's and that's where things get. We're, we're like we're now. So we're looking up in the early days is like. They're, you're supposed to save us. You're, you guys are the paranormal. You guys are supposed to come in. This is what you guys do. You fight the bad guys, like cops and robbers, right? You're going to yeah, fight yeah. the bad guys, right? 
So yeah. Orlando goes, you got to make that phone call. And Joe goes, I know. And we're like, we're like, what phone call? They had Lorraine on standby. So they go down and they call Lorraine. And she's like, hi, guys, what's going on? And they said, well, Lorraine, we have, this is a real deal. They said, we haven't encountered something like this in years. She says, well, what's going on? She said, we, we witnessed levitation. We witnessed biting, scratches. You name it has happened here. And wow. Lorraine was smart. And that's why I would say she was a tough cookie. She said, you're leaving something out, right? She goes, you're not telling me the whole thing. Orlando goes, I, I remember this like it was like yesterday. That's how I remember everything. She goes, he goes, you got to tell her. And the Dawkins. I know. I know. So anyhow, so they tell Lorraine, they said, so-and-so was picked up and thrown down. She paused. Wow. And she says, um, I'm so sorry. She goes, Joe, she goes, Orlando, please tell the family, I'm sorry, but I will not come out to the house ever. I will never put one foot in that house. And they're like, Lorraine, you have to please help us. We're This is something very rare. And she says, give them my phone number. I will talk to them on the phone. I will do what I can do far away. But she goes, guys, what you're describing, she goes, I will not put one foot in that house. So they they thought they had an ace in a hole. After that, they were like, oh, my God. So they 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 didn't want to give up. Joe was like, we're not going to give up on you guys. You know, we, we do this. We have real jobs. We don't even want to go home. Orlando says, I, maybe I should sleep here. He says, no, no, no. He goes, we, we, gotta, we, have, we have real jobs. So the lady says, you know what? I'm, I'm sensitive. I have sage. He, she goes, the best we can do is we bless your house and burn sage. So they went through the whole thing. They said, call us. Even if it's like whatever time of day you call, yeah. it, we'll come up. Now, they lived like two, almost two hours away. Yeah. So the next morning we get up and we, uh, we, we, we get the kids ready. We get them all dressed up. And now we decide, you know what, let's, we couldn't wrap our hands around because it was like science fiction. We were like, what the hell happened last night? We're like, this is, this mm. is not real. So we get the kids ready. Elka makes the bed. Elka's a really clean freak, right? She makes sure everything's 100%. We leave for the day. We go tag sale and we're having a good time. We go out to eat. We come home. We go upstairs. Elka gets the kids ready for bed. And guess what happens? I go in the bedroom and I'm like, what the? You know, that's how I am. Right? That's how, that's yeah. how the kids grew up with Jaggles. What the fuck? Right? So she, mm -hmm. I hear Elka scream and she's bawling her eyes out. At the same time, she's in the baby's room. And I'm like, she's like, what's going on? Yeah, I can hear the tears. And I don't know if I'm telling is, do you want to show them the Bible? Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to give you guys a real treat. We're going to show you the actual Bible that happened. Wow. It's right here. Oh, that's cool. So what happened was Elka had placed in the baby's closet for protection an old German Bible from her great-grandmother. And she put wow. it in a closet that we had built to protect the kids because they talked about spooky in the room yeah. when I went in, what i saw in the bedroom was when we were gone somebody took like a whole bunch of sage 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 oh my god i can't speak english no more sage and took it and crumpled it and threw it all over the bed wow yeah. i just got it right in the face i love it i saw that that was awesome <laughs> yeah it'll be on the bloopers <laughs> right it'll be on the bloopers bloopers so there was sage everywhere so i'm like what the hell how, how can this happen no, nobody was home so I go yeah. in, I hear her crying. She's on the ground. 
And I'll let her explain this. This is the Bible. This is all the pages, guys. It was oh thrown out of the closet. And it was shredded. And she's screaming. She's like, this was my great-grandmother's Bible. It's actually written in old German, right? I'll, go, I'll let you tell the story yeah. on this one. Yeah, no, I mean, I when I entered the room, this was all over the floor. So, and this was on the top shelf in, in their closet. So I think this was kind of like a sign to say, hey, I don't believe in anything what you guys doing. So, yeah. yeah. It was like, you know, here's your hocus pocus. What's next? Bring it on, people. Yeah. So we called Joe, we called Orlando. They were they were mystified. They're like, let me check. They they called up the woman. They said, No, we have all of our sage here. Everything's accounted for. They they're like, take a picture. And I wish we had a picture, but back then we didn't have iPhones, you know, we didn't come yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. wish they did because we would have some crazy evidence. So now we're beating our heads. Now they come over, only two of them, they said, for our team's safety, because they came over one other time, and the ordained minister got messed up in the basement. He got thrown against mm -hmm. the walls. We, we don't talk about this. but um, And she's like, you know what? She had two. She was reliving what happened to her. She was terrified because she didn't want to press the buttons and get picked up anymore. So they left. So when Joe and Orlando came back over, they said, guys, due to the safety of our team, because we don't know what's in his house, we're we're not going to give up on you guys, but we are the yeah. only ones that will come to your house. Is is only me and Orlando. If anybody comes here saying they're from our team, don't let them in. We we can't let anybody else get hurt. They said this, and and they said we don't even know what's going to happen to us. So as that happened, Elko was bawling. So we're looking in the paper. We said we don't need no more paranormal teams. We need we need the power of God. So as I'm looking, I find this one guy. And he says he deals with demonic cases. He works with Bishop McKenna and all the high clergy. And his name was Robert Baker. Now, this guy was a true warrior in, in, in the paranormal. Um, I called him up. Phone call lasts about two hours. Now, while we were on the phone, Bob was like, it's not funny. This is not a funny thing. He goes, I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't like it. He says, you just told me when I come over that you're going to fucking stab me to death. I'm like, I never said that. He goes, Jay, he goes, I heard somebody saying that, come on over. I'll kill you too. I'll stab you. So Bob, like, this ain't funny. So all of a sudden Bob's phone starts going haywire. So at the end of the phone call, he goes, if this is really real, what you're telling me, he goes, I want names and phone numbers of people that were in your house. He goes, I'm not coming in your house without a member of the clergy. He goes, I've been attacked. He goes, but I want to make sure this is real because he goes, this is crazy. He goes, what you're telling me is very rare. So I give him everybody's name was there. I said, some people won't talk to you, but you guys know how the paranormal field is. Some people won't talk to you. Some people will. So about a month goes by. He called up. He goes, I verified everything you said. He goes, you're right. Some people told me to go F off. And other people said, some people warned me. They said, don't get involved there. They said, Bob. Yeah involved there your life will not be the same they said yeah. stay away from the house and bob's like i'm coming over i'm gonna bring um a, a priest his name is uh father robert bailey and uh so they get involved and uh, I, i'm watching the time i don't know how much time we got left so guys let me know oh no don't worry don't worry keep going so this is the early day so father bailey came over and um you know everything was happy they, he, he thought it was like a normal investigation they're going around, they take a break, and Father Bob, he's all happy. You know, it's like a normal, like, paranormal investigation until 
Father Bob's like, where's my rosaries? What do you mean? Yeah. He said, well, those rosaries are sacred to me. He goes, those are old. They were given to me by somebody. They said, Bob, they said, Father Bob, you had them upstairs. So everybody starts running around looking for Father Bob's rosaries. So yeah. Father Bob turns around and he's checking his pockets and everything. He can't find them. And he's walking towards me and Elka to kind of console us like, hey, guys, everything's going to be okay. All of a sudden, it was like a Clint Eastwood movie. He stops in his tracks. And he looks oh, no. and his rosaries are hanging out of his pocket. He said, Bob, I could feel something slide him into my pocket. And then Father oh. Bob, from being a happy little guy, now he's upset. Now he's going off and he wants to nail this thing. So they leave. So Bob ends up, finally he brings in a bishop. I'm going to jump ahead. He said, guys, the only thing I got left, he goes, is I got all these TV shows. They come to me. I tell them, you know what? I don't have nothing for you because, but at this point, I want you to do as many shows as possible. Somebody out there is going to know how to get rid of this. He goes, I'm not giving up on you like the rest of the people. He goes, we're going to fight this fight. And he says, uh, we got to do as many shows. So we did their first show on the animal plan. So they told Father Bob, they said, we need to have a happy ending. Tell them that it's gone. So on the animal plan, you see, they said, well, Father Bob said, well, we, we got the and, and we got the entity cornered. Bam. We kicked his ass. It's gone. But in reality, it wasn't gone. So now. Uh, hey, Jane, not to interrupt you real quick. I just want to say something. I got a, my, I didn't realize my uh, computer, for some reason, the power cord wasn't plugged in. So keep talking. I'm just going to step off for real quick. I could still hear what you're saying, but just keep talking. I didn't want you to, you know, get nervous. I stepped away. So please keep going what you're saying. So as this is all going on, he brings in, he goes, I got one last guy his name is bishop mckenna he goes i'm really good friends with the bishop he goes the guy gave me a piece of cloth from padre pio i actually got a relic from um the real saint valentine and he says uh he goes these things are nasty so he calls up the bishop and he says uh bishop i have a severe case and bishop says bob i just retired he goes i'm done he goes and but so the he goes but there's little kids involved. There's babies involved. So the bishop says, you know what? one last time, Bob, what the hell, right? He didn't say what the hell. He goes, what, what, what the heck? <laughs> I know, right? So um, so Bob says, listen, the bishop likes all these little snacks and all this type of thing. He goes, make sure you have a lot of stuff here for him because he likes a snack. So we're getting ready. We're taking the day off from work. Bob calls up and he says, hey, I'm 15 minutes away from the bishop's residence. Are you guys home? You got all the snacks? I said, yeah. He goes, I really hope you know what this means. He goes, I have to ride all the way to your house with the bishop talking about God and Jesus and ride all the way back with all about my defects. So I said, okay, we're, you know, we're all set. He goes, good, good. He goes, I'm, I'm close to his house. Five minutes later, he calls up and he says, uh, guys, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but this is really weird. He says, uh, the bishop's secretary just called. The bishop wrote on a piece of paper he got struck with a mouth infection and can't speak. And he says to let you know that he's coming out, but he's not going to announce what happened in case of what happened to him came from your house. Wow. So three months later, I hear knock on the door. So I open up and he's, he's a short little guy hunched over. So people know me when I answer the door, I, I, I sometimes swear, you know, being a trade fields and, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, yeah, I do too. So yeah, I open the door and I'm like, 
what the fuck? I, I didn't yeah. see it. He's <laughs> and he, he, up and he, he looks at me, he goes, we'll talk about this after. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, so he goes up and he goes in the house and he says, tell me what happens. He goes through the house and he, he, and he blesses everything. And he stops and he looks, he goes, I'm not done with you, buggers. He goes, I haven't started yet. He goes, keep playing your games. So really nice guy. I'm like, so I, I look at, I look at Elka and, and Bob and I like this. I didn't know the Bishop turned around and I'm like, is he crazy? And yeah. the Bishop goes like this. He goes, we're going to have a talk after Mr. Ready? I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing very well with the Bishop here. I already swore and I said, I'm calling him crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> so he, he goes to the thing. So he gets done and he asked if we needed things blessed. So I, I had blessed crosses and things. And he has his little holy water and he's blessing things and the table's full of people. And all of a sudden he goes down to get his holy water. His holy water is gone in front of everybody. His holy water dematerialized. So Bob's <laughs> grabbing everything. He's grabbing flowers. He's grabbing everything, picks up his briefcase. And underneath his briefcase was his little bottle of holy water. And the bishop fought and um, he said, well, here's the thing, guys. He goes, the good, and we had a big talk afterwards. I said, well, it's gone, right? You, you're the Rocky Balboas of the world. He goes, no. He goes, here's what happened. He goes, a lot of priests have died fighting these entities. He goes, we, we don't always win. He goes, I don't want to, you know, rain on your parade. He goes, the good guys don't always win. He goes, a lot of times, he goes, we lose our lives doing this stuff. He goes, the best thing we can hope is that we did our job. It doesn't like it. They leave. But he mm -hmm. said, I have to warn you, Jay. He goes, I don't want the kids around when I say this. He goes, if it comes back, he says, it's going to bring friends. It's going to get stronger. And he goes, you're going to be in a fight for your life. And wow. that's how he lost now, did it. Has it. Now, has it ever came back? That's what I wanted to ask you now that you told this, this all to us. Has it came back? It did come back. It did come back. It came back with a vengeance. And now my family's dying. My, my brother dies. We don't know how he died. My sister died. Elko's dog died. Um, the lawyer who was helping me, a good friend of mine, Mike, he dies. And this is all happening within, not years, but within within months. Yeah. Now, yeah. at the last show we did was on Discovery, a haunting. We end up getting a phone call. From a lady, she said, "My husband can help you. Her, him, and his friend. They have a special gift." The guy was the guy's name was Jay Dodd and Reverend Near Farley. Mm -hmm. So they paid for the whole trip up here. They didn't take one dime. They said we're doing God's work. And Jay Dodd, he did a he was a, a form of an exorcist, but he had his things where he worked differently. And, and Reverend yeah. Farley was, you know, he did his thing. So they came up, and the first night they spent, they they had a prayer chain around the whole world praying for us so the next day this is what happened they we've been like i said we've been through the ringer they had called us up and they said hey the house feels good right you smell all these roses happiness i said no i said i just saw the black shadow on top of the staircase he says it can't be so jay dodd says I, I don't know what you're pulling but we're coming over so jay dodd starts to drill me he says listen with everybody you had in your house he said, with everything that has happened, he goes, what's your gig? Why? It should be gone. We never failed. And he says, what are you trying to accomplish here? I said, nothing. I said, I really saw it. As we're talking, Jay Dye looked, his face dropped, 
and he yells out, Neil, it's still here. And Neil's like, what are you talking about? He goes, it's standing in front of me. He had a sick sight, and this entity came down the stairs and stood right in front of him. Neil comes over, and he's like, oh, my God, what did we miss? He goes, wow. and Jay, I'm so sorry. He goes, I, everything that we've done, we never failed a case. And he goes, what happened? He goes, guys, he goes, it's still here. So they paid another night at the hotel. They, 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 they talked to people. They got the spirit guys, everything. They got in there. They said, what did we miss? Right, Elka? And basically he said, Neil said, did we ask if we could place? Said with permission, right? did we didn't we ask permission to have the hand of God place on the house. So when they were done, the next day they came over. They didn't even call. They just came over and the house felt like it was washing itself. Really? We had peace. The kids were laughing. We stopped talking about it. And I was in a severe car accident and uh, we tried selling the house. Now that was another story is why don't you just pick up and move? We tried three times, almost four times. And, and it something happened so bad that we couldn't move. So we had almost two years of peace and we, we couldn't sell the house. It wouldn't sell. So we, the realtor had her husband come over. She goes, Jay, she goes, with your brains and my husband's body, she goes, both of you guys can form one person. She goes, uh, she goes, teach them the yeah, trades. There was actually at this point, um, we opened up the house to one. So the house was one uh, unit. Um, and then when he had the car accident and we couldn't sell the house, the realtor um, suggested put it back into a duplex, rent out the one site so you have income coming in, um, helps you going through uh, the hard times. And hard that's times. how they how they started kind of like putting the house together again into one mm -hmm. to get it rented. Wow. And so that like, was point too, kind of like what people saying, why we didn't hear from you over 10 years, anything, because the kids started going now, we were talking about kindergarten, first grade, where people started or classmates were saying, oh, you live in a spooky house, and ooh. Yeah. So we stopped that going now when we started bringing it up. I had actually a couple of teachers came up to me and asked. Yeah, so we actually stepped back, or actually my kids were the first one who got thrown out of Catholic kindergarten because no. they're scared the nuns about having, yeah. having dead people walking in the hallway. So we had to take them out. So we said, hey, uh, we, have to, we have to stop. Sad. We cannot talk about it anymore. Whatever happened, yeah. it's here. We can't get rid of it. See, now we, we started bringing it. up, and I mean, I, I don't know, but uh, I had a teacher make an assignment about um, the house and everything. Last year. Yeah, with the October and everything, he made an assignment about my house. It's like, holy crap. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, so, like, right now, like, right at this moment, you're, you're in the house where all this happened. It, it's just on the other side of, of the home, right? Or... No, it's it's everywhere. It's, it's, it, it bounces. It goes back and forth. I mean, sometimes we like last year when we started doing this, we had a, a really nice guy come in there, and he went. And he, the, the guy was a uh, Baptist minister, and he didn't believe it, so he came over, and it's something got him. So we, that was a first warning sign. We're like, you know what? Let's pray to God, spooky. But the kid's name them isn't back. So mm. he came over to do an investigation, and while he was here. There was Whatever. we left we, we actually we, we rented the place out but we never oh, yeah. had long term renters. We couldn't keep renters and it that's when we after a year kinda of like but the last ones what we found out kinda of like they were 
playing, I don't know if they played with the Ouija board or whatever they mm. did. Somehow yeah. they up the door again and it picked up. Yeah. So, the last ones that were here, with it's it's weird. If you come in with pure attentions and you're gonna investigate, you're fine. But the, the people that rented out the house last time, they had alternative motives. Mm-hmm. And within less than three months, they went from supposed to be decent people. They, 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 they literally went crazy. They lost their minds. They had no idea. They thought they were in total control of everything. They lost their minds. They end up splitting up. Um, and whatever was around the house affected them because they knew that they had alternative motives. They, they weren't here to rent. And they knew whatever this thing is, it knows who you are. It's yeah. really weird. So that one entity we believe is gone. If he ever came back, we would we would never rent out. We would never do what we're doing now really because sure. there's we after our experience, after all the people and everybody that we went through, only we only got help once. And um, we had Native Americans, we had uh, like I said, shamans, we had rabbis. I even knew a guy in Springfield, Mass. He was uh, a high witch. I don't know what you call him in the, he, a warlock. Yeah. He came up because I knew him years ago from the 80s from my sister. She knew him and he came up and everything kept saying, yeah, something's here. But what we found out was that one evil entity went to Jay Dodd and said to him, get out of the field, leave this house alone. And Jay Dodd said, I'm a man of God. No way. The entity said to Jay Dodd in a dream. It's actually, if you go on a radio show we just did with Greg Bulkin, Jay Dodd tells a story and he says, I thought this was all, all BS. He goes, I told the entity, go pound sand. He goes, I'm a man of God, leave me alone. So the entity says, I told you who I was, now I'll show you. A week later, Jay Dodd had a massive heart attack and almost died. The entity came back in a dream and says, now you know who I am? And Jay Dodd was like, you know, I guess there was a deal struck. And he won't tell me what the deal was. He just said that he couldn't help us out anymore. And at that point, I think they made a deal saying that if he stays out of it and helping people, the entity will stay away from here. Now, it sounds like science fiction, but... No, no, it doesn't, though. It doesn't. It makes complete sense. Because if you think about it in the aspect of an enemy, what would the enemy want? Obviously, the enemy would want to penetrate any way it can. So if it can strike a negotiation and still get what it wants, it kind of works out. It takes your soul instead of taking all three of yours. But I still get a soul. So it still works out in the end for it. So I kind of understand, you know, in a way, I mean, but I feel bad for, for Dodd and what he did because who knows what the deal was, you know yeah. what I mean? He's something he obviously doesn't speak too much about. So it's like, it's scary to think about what that deal could have been after a massive heart attack and finding out like, listen, do you know who I am now? Cause I know if I made a deal, I'm sure I would have made some crazy deal. You know what I mean? And so after a major heart attack, I can only imagine what you would think, you know? Yeah. And that's what so, I, I want to take this on. I, I want to, I haven't done a home case in two years and, and I've helped 15 families coast to coast. I did it all on my own dime. I believe in helping people, you know, would, if I came out there, would, would you let me help you? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's what we, that's what we turned it into. We, we turned it into where we let paranormal investigators now come out. They rent the house for the night. They go, go something. So, yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, we had people come in all year and some people get nothing. Some people get evidence, which, which you know, you can't get paranormal on, on, on demand. 
But yeah, we've, of also had, we've also had a couple scammers come in, and uh, I really think that the end, whatever was in the house, actually messed with them because they they literally, when you hear what happened, I won't say on the radio, but during National Ghost Hunting Day, we had somebody come in that lost their mind, and they still talk about us, but they think that they, but when you look at it as a separate person, you realize that this is not normal what they're talking about. So, but yeah, we people come. They go ghost hunting. We had somebody come in last night, and uh, it's 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 neat to see because not everybody gets evidence, which is which is real. And you know, and we watch up for the fakers and things like that. But yeah, I mean, people have come in and uh, they came on this side, and uh, they had some pretty cool evidence. And mm-hmm. that's pictures. awesome. So hey, yeah. Jamie. I, I, you know, I can fly to Connecticut, man. <laughs> I'm yeah, down. man. That's what I said. I said, come to Connecticut, dude. I, I for the October. You guys in person. You're such I a know. great family, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Come out here. We'll go down and we'll, we'll, we'll get set up. We'll, we'll do an investigation and we'll do it. Like I was telling you, for sure. So, just got to get them up this way. And, and do you guys have any questions? Ask us, guys. I, I know I, I told you a little bit about the early days. Like I said, we have 17 years here and we, there's so much more and uh it's crazy and uh and that's what this, this article was guys when we were going to do the warren's Perricon, courtesy of dan riviera and that's part uh a team came in s srs paranormal really great people they did not want to know anything about the house so we're mm-hmm. like we want to know nothing i said no we're, we're coming from tennessee and we're going to rent this side out for the night so the next day we were at the Paracon, and they're like, oh, my God. They said, your house came alive. Now, they were psychic mediums. They didn't know any of the stories. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't talk about. When people come in, normally we just talk about the history of the house. Yeah. So we tried getting together since October 27th, and every time we try to get together, something would happen. So they composed a huge report, which is awesome. We got to talk to them. And one of the things in here, which was really cool, was – Back in 2008, we had a team of uh, psychic mediums from New Hampshire come in. Uh, and they told us about the story about this guy and all this stuff. We never, t- we don't tell people all the stories, but when they did a report, they picked up an entity who was in charge. And there's a part we can't confirm where we know there was a, before the mafia was a mafia, there was a hitman that lived here. Wow. And he was very he was very deadly. He was good at what he did. Mm. And by day he worked at the mills. On the side, he ran he ran the bootleg industry. And there was also part of the newspaper that said that this person's no stranger that a few years before he killed, he stabbed one of his fellow countrymen, never went to jail. Now this is 1929, 1930. I was fortunately, guys, I was on two occasions, his son, who was still alive in his eight, late 80s and 90s, summons me and wanted to talk to me about the house. Now, oh this gosh. is like a science fiction movies, guys, right? Yeah. yeah. So Bob Baker says, I'll talk to the guy. I'm not afraid of an old guy. Bob comes back and he says, don't ever call this guy again. He said to me, he goes, why are you digging in the past, Bob? He goes, my father was a very dangerous man, but he also loved us and took care of us. He said, you know, Bob, he says, the more you dig around that house, he goes, you don't want to become a ghost, do you, one day? You don't want to be part of the history, right? So Bob's like, I think the guy just threatened to kill me. So oh, a few years later, 2014, 
the lady at the town hall, we she did all a lot of research for us. She mm -hmm. says, you got to talk to Mr. Comparado. He, he wants to talk to you. He goes, he's not a bad guy. So I finally make a phone call. And it reminded me, like, I, I went back in time. Reminded you, yeah. He wouldn't talk to me directly. He would tell his new wife about the history. She would repeat it back to me, just like the old style. So if anything like sit down. Happened, yeah. I never talked to this down, yeah. I'll take a lie detector. It never happened. So I would tell her she would rebut, and he told he filled in all the blanks about his wow. death, what really happened, and it, that it is like a love triangle, it really weird on what happened. We thought he he got up from what the newspaper article said. We thought he got up, went down the street, and committed two murders. It was his best friend, and he was having an affair with his best friend's wife, who was fifteen years younger. Oh my gosh. I'll give you guys a treat. Do you want to see the people he murdered? I got their photo. Oh, oh yes. my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Let's see it. <laughs> guys, oh I got my gosh. Research, right, Elko? And the funny, and um, that SRS, that group actually, uh, who does not know anything about the house they were talking about, they picked up on him. They actually had communication oh, wow. with that guy. Yeah. So, wow. And I mean, we all had our encounters. I had um, there a lot of paranormal groups have recordings where he asked, "Where's Rosa?" I had it down in the cellar that someone tipped on my shoulder and said, "Where is Rosa?" So he's really wow. still active here in the house. So he's kind of he's still here. Yeah, I'll go in the basement, like she said, to get some Yankee candles. And somebody came up and grabbed her on the shoulder and said, "Where is Rosa?" He's not looking for Rosa in a happy way because i think we know what happened these were the people he he, he oh, killed wow. that was wow. his and he fought in world war one with that was his yeah. best friend's wife and i'll tell you guys there's, there's so the, this house should never have been built here there's so much macabre stories i can tell you guys it take hours but what happened it, the newspaper article said he went down the street and knocked on the door and josephine came out and he stabbed her repeatedly with a knife until she fell down wow. then back inside the house went in the basement where his best friend was eating lunch now none of this in the beginning made sense because i'm looking this as 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 an investigator i'm like yeah defensive wounds they're not aggressive wounds they said he, his best friend was shot bam right and yeah. then he had his throat sliced and i said that mm. makes no sense so when i talked no, to yeah. him, it made sense so i looked i said my daughter was outside telling me when I, I jumped up. I said, she did it. I said, she was a black widow. And, and she's like, what are you talking about? I called Colleen from the town hall. I said, switch the investigation to Rosa. Rosa's yeah. dad lived in New York City at the same time when the modern mafia was being built in the 1920s. So mm -hmm. all these, I got chills. Every time I talk about the story, everybody knows he comes in. At the time... Charles Luciano, right, was yeah. running around. Bugs Moran, all these young mafia guys were running on the streets. They weren't organized until the 1930s. So Charles Luciano says, enough is enough. We're going to get mm -hmm. taken out of the government. Yeah. So at the time, the, the original society in, 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 in Sicily was called the Black Hand Society. They were very secretive. They're, they didn't. They weren't like the American where they always had papers. Mm -hmm. they didn't that. Mm -hmm. So what happened was Rose's father was lived in New York City. And now we start piecing the proof. I think that day on June 10th, 
the son told us he was eight years old. He remembers that day. His father goes in the basement, brings up two bottles of wine, and they all toasted, this will be the last night we will all be together again. And they all toasted. Now, he said the next day, Mr. Yapel, my father was supposed to go down, take Josephine. He goes, he loved her to the moon and back. He goes, wherever we went, like to the beach, he would grab Josephine's hand and they would take off for the day. He goes, you know what happened, Mr. Yapel? I don't think go into details. Yeah. So as this all happened, he goes, why would my father kill the love of his life and his best friend he fought in the war where he vouched for his citizenship? And then when I thought, so, oh, my God, Rosa, Rosa told her father, Rosa's father put together a hit team. This sounds like science fiction. No. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So he told Rosa, we believe this is all speculation. He told Rosa, get everything in your name so you're not left. Now, remember, this is 1929, 1930. We're going into, into the massive depression. Alcohol is, is, is bootleg legal. Everything's going crazy. Yeah. So she. Her father probably said, get everything in your name. She did. We know that on June 10th, Charles puts the house into Rosa's name. The bank accounts went into Rosa's name. He gave her like a peace offering. Rosa, leave me alone. I want to go live my life. I think he wanted to walk away like, like a fairy tale. He wanted to walk away. He, he didn't want to be a gangster no more. He wanted to have his, his, his cake and eat it. So then that morning he gets up all happy, probably whistling, you know, putting on his dapper don, getting his suit on, and they're probably having dinner, and now Rosa can't take it no more. Rosa says, go have, excuse me, guys, if you get offended with swearing, go, go have fun with your whore. Oh, and by the way, Charles, I talked to my dad. At that point, he probably said, Rosa, what did you do? He probably, they said in the newspaper article, he grabbed his Colt 38, which was a small gun, and he grabbed probably a knife or something off the table, and he ran down the street. Not to kill him, but to warn him. And he's probably yelling, Josephine, Angelo, don't open the door. I'm coming in. They were already inside the house. They weren't expecting her to, to run. So she loves him. So she opens the door to run out, and they stab her. Bam, bam, bam. She oh. falls in front of him. He loses his mind because he just saw the love of his life die in front of him. He doesn't even have time to draw his weapon. He runs in. The newspaper article, now this is where it gets like a paradox. We have his official death certificate where he says he died in the house, but the newspaper article and people who were there said that they found him lying by the doorway in the living room with, now this is kind of sad, with his knife in his hand, his gun by his side, and a bullet hole in his head. So I think uh, run in. As he's running in, somebody. Yeah, they yeah. knew he was a big guy. They knew he killed people. They were afraid of this guy. They didn't want this guy in the house. So when he yeah. ran in, thinking he's going to save his best friend, boom, and he gets the ground. When that happens, his best friend who's in the basement eating lunch with his kids, he, they hear the gunshot. Now he knows, you know what, we're screwed. These guys here, I'm next. So whatever he does, he goes to grab something off the table, a fork, a knife, we don't know, a spoon. And when he does that, that's when, bang, he gets shot in the arm, kind of like to drop whatever he had in his hand. Yeah. I think the guy behind him probably said, fuck it grabbed him, gave him a Sicilian necktie, went on the railroad tracks, jumped on the train, and the only one that survived in the end was Rosa, and she disappears. She, we cannot, uh, Colleen can't find, she knows she went to Rhode Island, can't find a cemetery, nothing. It's like she vanished. Wow, that is so wild. Well, you know what? 
right there was definitely had to be the end right there of what you just said. I mean, there's so much more that I need to have you guys on for to ask so much questions because yeah, you I want to come on again. <laughs> yes, please come on again. Definitely, Jay, please, and Elga and, and, and even Mackenzie. I mean, you guys need to come on again because there's so much more that now to know so much of this, to ask so much more questions. Unfortunately, we're over an hour and 16 minutes, but I wanted to I wanted to finish all of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, but all. It just oh, flew by. It just it flew, flew by. by. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one story, guys. We, yeah, we have other so Macau stories. Well, you have to come on again. You, you have yeah. to, man. <laughs> but to give you two, two, to give you guys two, two, two trivial things, right? Out of two hundred and fifty-six years when this house is, is built, only one person okay. died of natural causes in this house. She died in wow. eighteen hundred from bronchopneumonia. The other thing is, no babies were ever conceived in this house. Nobody bought this house to have a family and started having kids. They either came in with young children or they came in with teenagers or they were adults and they all died tragedy or they had suicide or murders. Oh my gosh. What a batting record in 256 years. I remember That's you saying that to me. Yeah. That's wild. What a, what a, what a, like, not, I don't even want to say coincidence because I don't believe in coincidences, but what a coincidence. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. But oh my gosh. That is so wild. Well, Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate you guys' time. We're going to schedule another one to have you guys come on again. But thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are welcome. Yeah. It's a great time. I wish I had more time to get more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, we will, Jay. We're going to put you – you're going to be back on. We can do a whole series. Alka's got a lot of stories. Kenzie got stories. and uh, Yeah. I just, well, no, let's let's schedule to come back on for sure. So I'll, what I'll do is when we get done, I'll – I'll set you up with a, um, another day. I'll send over some dates to you guys, and we can get you back on because we got so much more to talk about. So. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Hey guys, Jay. Thanks so much. I see thanks, Jay guys. Yeah. He's, just, he's like, AJ, when we hang up, he goes, don't ever talk to these guys again. They're crazy. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Are you kidding me? No, he's, 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 you're kidding me. He's going to tell me the minute that we get off, he's going to go, bro, we're going there tomorrow. I'm, I'm buying <laughs> my ticket tomorrow. That. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ears, my eyes, yeah. I'm, an, I'm an infantry it's grunt McKenzie, I, I am a fighter man i am an infantry grunt survived iraq i'm i'm ready dude <laughs> you know what that was my first mos was loving bravo loving charlie yep holy catcher yeah. oh my god this would be awesome yeah Another right <laughs> see i told you i see i knew you guys would kick it off right away right yeah that's awesome <laughs> Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys for coming on. We're going to be definitely talking real soon. So I really appreciate you guys. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. You too. Thank you. Wow, man. That was awesome. Dude, I tell you. I enjoyed that. I haven't been so motivated to come to Connecticut since I've talked to these people. Like, I want to take this thing off. Like, I. I want to go around. Well, you have to understand something. See, well, like he said, though, it, ever since the, the guy J Dodd made that made that um pact or that deal with whatever this entity was, it hasn't came back and affected the family. Yeah, there's other yeah. spirits in the house though that are being active as they're oh, telling yeah. you as people are That's catching. I but I want to know what that deal was. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know I that we'll never may know. Block. No, I, I mean, no, and I tell you <laughs> what, man, and I know what, you know, I talked to, I don't talk to Jay long for a while before having them on the show. And I tell you what, they are a great family. 
he is really passionate about like the history of this house. He really went deep into it. And uh, yeah. it's no joke. Oh, yeah. what, they, what they went through was no joke. I mean, that Bible they showed, that was serious to Elka. I mean, I spoke to Elka personally on the first day we spoke, and she was in tears almost about that, that, that Bible because it was so sentimental to her from her, her grandmother. It was like, you know, a big ordeal. So when she got to show us that. Yeah, I, I had that client in Canada. I, I couldn't go to Canada. It was during COVID and stuff. And, and this entity cut her daughter's hair. It was all her hair was all over the floor and she was bawling. Yeah. She's like, what do I do? I'm like, I, I can't get there. That's you know, crazy. I want to even imagine. Them. Can't even imagine. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Talking with the Source. My name is AJ Capasso, host of Talking with the Source, and I'm here with JK47, Jonathan Keyworth of Paranormal JK47 Paranormal Investigations. Please shout out your podcasts, my friend. Tell yeah, them how dude. Uh, so I love this show. I'm also on on Tuesdays. That's when I do my live spirit box sessions. Uh, it's at 12 p.m. Mountain Time, so 2 p.m. Eastern. And then I also do the Darkness Descends on Legit Podcast uh, at 8.05 p.m. Mountain Time, so 10.05 Eastern on Fridays. So uh, Chris Chris says uh, my two favorite hosts. <laughs> yeah. z Kevin, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so Love much. You guys. Love Good to all of you, guys. Man. Talk to you guys soon.